Stand by. Hello and welcome to the Lackadaisical Libricubicularist. And now your host, Jordan Maywood. Hello! Welcome to the Libricube. My name is Jordan Maywood, and I am the Lackadaisical Libricubicularist. Yeah, today within the Liberal Cube is TV Tuesday, sometimes referred to as Television Tuesday. I will, as I do from time to time, give you a little behind-the-scenes action without the Liberal Cube. It is actually Monday. Me. And I'm driving home. Yeah. So I figured, hey, I did a short movie Monday, I'm doing a short TV Tuesday, why don't I? It's get them all done in one day? I couldn't think of a reason, hence I am doing it. I should say, as I quite often do, if not always do at the top of every episode, uh, what? Oh, yes. Say that there will be spoilers. So, this is your one, and probably only spoiler warning. You have been warned! Another thing that I say... I say lots of things, but two things I say are that spoiler thing and this other thing, which is, if you like what you hear, the only payment I ask is a million dollars. No, that is ridiculous. The only payment I ask is perhaps you pass the podcast on to a friend. Perhaps you subscribe on iTunes and then you rate and comment on said iTunes. That, my friends, would be greatly appreciated. The more that you that do that, the more money I will donate to a good cause. Huh? Yes. Last piece of podcast-related midness before we hop in to TV Tuesday episode is, of course, today's sponsor. Because a podcast of this high, high caliber is going to be sponsored. It goes without saying. I don't even know why I'm saying that it goes without saying, because it does not need to be said should go without being said. Pretend I didn't say that. Today's sponsor is Gruesome, Munster, and Adams Wills, Probate, and Real Estate Attorneys at Law. Once again, today's sponsor is the law firm Gruesome, Munster, and Adams Wills, Probate, and Real Estate Law practiced there. Why doesn't it? It does. Okay, uh, I have for you today just two shows. Huh. A meager two shows. However, these two shows are so bursting forth with comedy goodness that uh, I probably won't even be able to fit them in. I will probably have to rush through them in an effort to fit them into this podcast. Hmm? Television show the first is Nerdist. Man. I have not brought back an episode in a little bit. I kind of, uh, as far as the Nerdist and Doctor Who episodes, been focusing a little more on the Doctor Who side of things. However, now that uh, Doctor Who is on uh, hiatus, off for a little bit, due to the uh, season finale, I figured, hey... I'm watching these two. Why not bring one back? I says to myself, I says. This is episode eight of season two. If you are up here in Canada, available for your viewing pleasure on the Space Channel. If you are in the States, I do believe it will be on BBC America's web 
page. Lovely. Let's jump right in. How would you describe the Nerdist television show? It is as if sort of they took the parts of the podcast in which they interview people, which is, I guess, what the podcast is, and then chopped that part up to make it sort of TV-like, because it is rare, or I'm not sure if it ever happens where, I don't think it ever does happen, that a, uh, you know, hour and change long interview will appear on television. I don't think that will happen. It's got sort of a variety show feel to it. Uh, sort of skits, skit show, just a little bit of everything, an amalgam, if you will, and all under the Nerdist banner, so you know it's going to be top goddamn quality entertainment. In this episode, the first guest was Joe Manganello. Manganello. I can't read my own writing. Joe Manganello. Manganello. Joe Italian gentleman, from the sounds of his last name, is from uh, the television show True Blood. Uh, I will say that I've never seen an episode of True Blood, but I will also say that it looks like a show that definitely has some uh, potential to be up my alley. What I would love is to be able to talk to someone who watches True Blood and enjoys it and sort of pick their brain a little bit to see if uh, I would like it. it. Sounds like it's got maybe, possibly, and I hopefully a bit of Buffy the Vampire Slayer vibe to it, just in that it is got your supernatural werewolf, vampire, that kind of fix, along with your people interacting and having, you know, emotions and lives fix. Huh? Does that make sense? I think it might. I'll tell you what, in an effort, as I sometimes do, to get a little audience participation, you can email me to the address provided in the closing credits, or tweet at me your thoughts on the television show True Blood. If you are a regular listener to this podcast, perhaps you have sort of uh, developed an idea of things I would like, and uh, can give me your opinion. Would love to hear from you. He, uh, this, this Joe character <laughs> had some funny stuff coming out of his mouth, so uh, seemed, uh, seemed to have some potential in the... So I did not mind that. Uh, next guest was... Oh, God, I cannot read my own writing on these names. That, combined with my name curse of not being able to remember names, is not good today. Uh, Marina Bacarin. Yeah, I, I think I might have pulled that one off. Huh. You may remember her, as I do, from the television show Firefly. Uh, a Joss Whedon joint from uh, back in the days a little bit. She played on the show a bit of a uh, space whore. <laughs> a little bit. Uh, I do remember liking her and being very, very attracted to her from the show Firefly. Uh, her interview on this did two things. Made me realize that I like her and she is funny. Uh, funny to the point where Chris even asked her, what's your comedy background? And she's like, none. <laughs> It is here. This is my background, what I am saying right now. Very, very funny, super, super attractive, and made me, part two of that is, made me want to revisit Firefly, because I watched that, God, I can't even remember how many years ago. It was, well, I watched it when it was on the air, 
try to, anyways. If you are a Firefly flan, flan, if you're a flan, that's strange that you're sentient and listening to this. If you are a fan of Firefly, you will know what I mean by that, because they sort of fucked around with when they would put it on the air, and one of the reasons many believe that it was cancelled, because you couldn't freaking find it on the air. I uh, do have it on DVD, obviously, and have watched through it, but I think, and Jordan, this is a mental note to yourself, watch it again. Uh, I think that would be beneficial, especially, ooh, with this in mind, Fan Expo up here in Canada, in uh, Toronto in August, Mr. Nathan Fillion is going to be in attendance, and I plan, goddamn plan, to get his autograph on Nerd Kane, if you are unfamiliar with Nerd Kane, what you can do is type into Google Nerd Kane Adventures, and you will see uh, what he has been up to. Uh, okay, so uh, what else do I want to say about this? I better hurry up. See, it's so bursting. I, it's hard to fit it in. That's what she said? Ugh, gross. <laughs> they played a game called, and they played games similar to this comic character, or sorry, obscure comic character, German restaurant or dinosaur. So basically, the guests will have to getch. Getch. <laughs> the guests will have to getch. You wait until you see these guests getch. It is something you will not believe. Blech. Guess which is which. Comedy ensues. Uh, Matt and Jonah, co-hosts of the podcast and the television show, had a little uh, skit over in, sorry, had a little skit in which Mr. John Barrowman, who, I guess on the Fan Expo note and Nerdcane note, uh, first person to sign Nerdcane to pop his autographed cherry, if you will, was none other than Mr. John Barrowman. What? God damn coincidence that is. Lovely. Uh, they did a little uh, skit showing Meltdown Comics, which is a comic book shop, uh, sort of infused with the nerdist comedies, podcasts, sort of a, a place that if I lived anywhere near there, I would visit, I believe, on a constant basis. Lastly, as Mr. Chris Hardwick does, devotes some time of his show to a stand-up comedian. Lovely, because it is an art, my friends, that standing up of comedians. And uh, don't get to see it as much as you should on the television. Uh, in this case, he had on Mr. Paul F. Tompkins. Paul F. Tompkins, uh, funnily enough, I think, yeah, yeah, last Internet Day episode I did, talked uh, quite a bit about him and his speakeasy web series. He is, goddamn, one of the funniest people I've ever seen. Period. Full stop. Love me some Paul F. Tompkins. This is the first time I've actually really got to see any of his stand-up, though. So that was a that was nice and appreciative. Um, <laughs> just the uh, fuck. I, I really got to hurry to get into item two. Um, fuck. Okay. Well, I don't have time. I'm just gonna say about his standing up comedy. There. All I'm gonna say is, is three words. Well, make it four. Hats in the belfry. Hats in the Belfry. I said them twice, so I guess that's eight words. Okay, um, let's move on to television show number two, in which I have three episodes, so that's why the rushing is happening. It is, it is, 
Oh god, it is, it is always sunny in Philadelphia. Could have perhaps thought that sentence out a little better. It is, it is always sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> uh, season 8. Yes. Finally available. Uh, I guess it is available to others who watch it on TV. However, I do not watch TV while it is on TV. I'd rather do DVDs or streamings or what have yous. So, there you goes. Let's uh, jump right in because I'm probably going to run out of time if I had to guess. The, oh, I, just on a sort of final note there, the missus and I watched these together. Uh, we did finish The Office, season eight. Oh, was it season eight? Huh. Interesting. Moving on from season eight to season eight. Interesting. Eats. Uh, first episode of season eight was called Pop Pop Final Situation. Uh, Pop Pop, if you do not know, is what they call their grandfather. I, due to lack of time and in the hopes you will watch this show that I have spoke of quite a number of times on this podcast, uh, I hope you listen to this and then go watch those from the very beginning, because I have said, and will say again, this is the funniest show on TV, period, full stop. I'm not going to full stop, though, because I need to fit these in, uh, so I'm not going to go too much into, like, backstory and who the characters are and tell you a lot about it, just sort of get more in-depth into the individual episodes, okay? Because I've done it before in previous episodes, and I hope you watch along and don't need that info. Okay? Okay. Okay? Okay. So, we learned in a past episode, how <laughs> fuck am I just going to automatically do it right away? Oh, whatever. I do what I like, even if it contradicts what I just said. In a past episode, we learned that Pop-Pop was basically a Nazi. He is in a sort of long-term care facility in a coma, comatose and the gang has to decide whether they're going to pull the plug on him. Now, Frank is against this because he has not yet learned where Pop-Pop has hidden his Nazi treasure, because they're big fans of treasure, as I'm sure we all are. Be it Nazi or otherwise, treasure's treasure, right? Is it? Yeah, sure. And uh, D and... Oh, shit. See, I didn't write down any names. So that's sort of their dilemma there. Should they kill him? Should they let him live? D and brother. <laughs> oh, fuck. What the hell is his name? There's Mac, Charlie, D, Frank, and... <sighs> D's brother. Frank's son. Oh, I can't believe I'm forgetting this. <laughs> Funniest show on TV... I've seen every episode once, if not twice, or three times. Can't remember his name. Goddamn name curse. I don't have time to think about it. I'm almost home. Uh, decide not to kill him. Uh, rather to give a lawyer the power of attorney, who then does kill him. It turns out, and here's the spoiler, the, the comedic spoiler, that the, the uh, Nazi treasure in question was a painting, a painting painted by Adolf Hitler. Little known fact, he was um, an artist, quote-unquote, uh, did have a number of paintings. If a new painting was found to exist that did, that was painted by Adolf Hitler, would be worth, I assume, a lot of money. 
So, uh, they found out that Charlie painted over it with a German Shepherd. Um, they then decided to burn this painting of this German Shepherd. As it was burning, we learned that Adolf had a painting underneath it, and it was in the process of burning, so treasure destroyed. Episode 2! Uh, the gang recycles their trash. Huh. Uh, they are not known for any sort of altruistic uh, motives whatsoever, so this was a curious title, until we learn that because of a garbage strike, they are basically going to go in and undercut the garbage men, be uh, sort of scabs to this strike. Uh, Frank's idea here is that they will go door to door and ask people if they want their trash Sounds pretty reasonable. Now, the gang does not believe in reason, per se, so they decide to tweak this idea and go door-to-door dressed in tuxedos, driving a limousine, and ask if you want your trash removed in these get-ups. The strange thing is, it worked! (laughs) And um, people were sort of all about it. I guess... If you lived in a fancy house and you had your trash piling up for weeks and weeks in front of it, you would pay money to uh, remove it, no matter how ridiculous the people knocking at your door looked and asked money for. Hmm? What? No time to make sense. Number three was called... uh, Oh, this was the best one. The Maureen Ponderosa Wedding. If you are unfamiliar, Maureen... which. Maureen Ponderosa appeared in previous episodes. She had a dead tooth, which made her breath horrible. Uh, other than that, fairly attractive. In this episode, she was getting married. Married to who? You might ask. One of the one of the McPoyles. The McPoyles are, I guess you could probably say, the sort of nemesis, nemesis of the gang. They are. We learn. Although now it all sort of makes sense. Uh, a family of inbred folk. <laughs> Basically, milk-drinking inbreds is a good way to look at them. Uh, so this Ponderosa girl who used to date the son. <laughs> David? Oh, fuck. Still can't remember. Uh, is getting married to one of these McPoyles. They attend the wedding, and chaos ensues. It's sort of a sort of decided to make this episode the horror episode. Sort of a very uh, Halloween vibe to it. Halloween, the um, season, not the movies, Halloween. Oh, God, really bunged that up. I knew I was going to run out of time, but not that poorly. Well, uh, let's look at the silver lining, which is, in order to know what I am talking about with these three episodes, you will have to watch them for yourselves. Folks! I meant to do that. Ha ha! Yeah, that's exactly what happened. Uh, I will say, as I do, it is nice to be nice to the nice. Thank you for listening. This has been another edition of the Lackadaisical Libra Cubicle Wrist. We here in the Libro Cube would love to hear from you. If for any reason you would like to contact us, you can do so via the email address, mailwood.jordan at gmail.com. And now I have a theory. 
Scotland. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. No, something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day. You ain't seen nothing yet. The best is yet to come and be. Won't it be fine? The best is yet to come. Come the day you're mine. Live long and prosper.